0: section eleven of editorials of the dow magazine volume sixty six this librivox recording is in the public domain the government is left by the conclusion of the war in possession of immense stores of munitions of all kinds including vast quantities of explosives and poison gas some of this material can be converted to peaceful uses for example the department of agriculture is said to have a use for the 80 million unexploded pounds of TNT. If the expected revision of the rules of war takes place, poison gas may be outlawed in future, along with submarines, and the only problem will be to set free the accumulation of this substance without injury to animal or vegetable life. There are other products of our feverish period of preparation, spiritual instead of material but no less explosive and poisonous because intangible in order to bring the nation to a maximum of efficiency for war it was thought necessary to develop a large quantity of hate for our enemies the systematic production of this force was undertaken by newspapers and magazines by moving picture houses and patriotic societies by schools and churches It was frequently remarked that hate seemed of little use at the front, but throughout the population at large it was regarded as a valuable aid in preparing for the draft, in selling bonds, in maintaining morale in general, so much so, in fact, that persons who objected on grounds of national self-respect to the production of hate, through the invention of atrocity stories, were informed that they were interfering with the success of their country at war much as if they had opposed the floating of its loans or the drafting of its soldiers. Even during the war the hate generated for use against our enemies produced untoward results, like the explosion of ammunition at Black Tom in Halifax. More than once the president raised his chiding voice to rebuke those enthusiastic spirits whose hate for Germany would not permit them to grant a legal trial to Americans who hated less than they But now that the war is over and our object is no longer victory but peace, it is clear that the presence of this commodity is likely seriously to embarrass us. It undoubtedly embarrassed the President at the moment when the Germans requested an armistice. Our hatred demanded unconditional surrender, a march to Berlin, the laying waste of German territory to an extent equal to the devastated regions of France and Belgium it forced the president to adopt a tone which diminished the chance that the new German government could hold its footing between junkers and radicals, and even so it supported the indictment brought against him by Roosevelt and Lodge. President Wilson was called pro-German in the Senate of the United States and repudiated at the polls. In the ten weeks that have elapsed since the armistice was signed, this hatred has made it impossible for the leaders of opinion in this country formulate any consistent or dignified policy toward our late enemies but already there are frequent signs that astute and far-seeing journalists are beginning to realize that hate however essential in war is dangerous to the peace of mutual self-interest the structure of which is being so painfully laid that the explosives and poisonous gas must somehow be drawn off or neutralized the gingerly way in which they approach their task is evidence of their wholesome fear of being blown up for instance mr grasty in the new york times reminds us that with all of the barbarism of germans in the war they have certain qualities order discipline thoroughness because we justly despise the germans for their brutality and militarism is no reason why the allies as victors in the war should not employ the German qualities to stabilize Central Europe. The New York Evening Post is equally guarded. We do not love the Germans, but we recall that they owe the victims of Germany's onslaught on civilization billions of money. The sooner they straighten out their affairs and get to work, the sooner they will be able to pay. Self-interest, that is undoubtedly the best neutralizing agent for poisonous hate, but a large portion of our hatred is undoubtedly too recalcitrant to yield to this treatment. It can doubtless be resolved by signaled penalties inflicted on those who can be held personally responsible for the war. Perhaps no statesman believes that such personal punishment has the slightest relation to the aims for which the war was fought, and yet all agree in the utility of such punishment as means of satisfying the hatred of their peoples. It might be well for the world if the kaiser could thus become the scapegoat if he could be miraculously preserved to suffer the tortures invented for him by imaginative ladies over their knitting failing this it is to be feared that no little residue of hate will remain a constituent of our national atmosphere deprived of its original destination it is already being directed elsewhere by able manipulators Months ago, prudent men began to turn hatred for Germany against the bolshevika of Russia and those who in this country asked a hearing for them. Other unpopular groups readily suggest themselves as likely to become the residuary legatees of the superfluous hatred left by the war the Nonpartisan league, the IWW, the Oriental, the Negro. Now, these groups and the questions which they raise are precisely those which in the interests of our own social well-being as well as that of countless millions of our fellow men should be treated honestly dispassionately generously they remind us that the demobilization of hate should be the immediate object of those who have the civic as well as the spiritual welfare of the country at heart it may be hoped that some effort in this direction will be initiated now that the war is over by that class who believe and teach that their Lord came to earth and said, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. End of section 11.